Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 327th episode of MTG Fast Finance, the podcast with 40,000 reasons for you to join the best damn MTG Finance community on the planet. MTG Fast Finance is your weekly podcast covering the world of magic gathering finance, collection management, and speculation. I'm your host, James Chilcott, aka at MTG Critic on Twitter. My co-host is Cliff Daigle, at Word of Commander on Twitter, and we're here to help you folks make and save money playing our favorite game, Magic the Gathering. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to sharing some valuable information with all of you. This show is produced by MTGPrice.com, the leading MTG finance community. Sign up today at MTGPrice.com to plan your specs, chat on a great Discord, and read some of the read articles by some of the best financial minds in the hobby. MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff Inc., where you can find all sorts of cool nerdy stuff in stock, including all the best in Magic the Gathering single, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Use the promo code FINANCE5, that's the number 5, during checkout at CoolStuffInc.com to save 5% off your order and support this podcast. Cliff, what is on the agenda this week? Well, we're going to lead off by talking about uh, Magic Online Metagame Week in Review. We've got a Modern Challenge and a Legacy Challenge to talk about. Then we're going to get to the top movers, uh, both in paper and online. Then you and I have some cards to watch, uh, including a reader pick that's worth discussing. And then in segment four this week, we've got uh, two things to just make sure everybody knows about. The bands that came out uh, for Pioneer and Explorer, as well as what is going on with uh, the Baldur's Gate Commander Mythics situations, because it's confusing. And I'm somebody who's had to do a lot of math and a lot of rereading, and I'm still confused. So I'm glad that we're taking a moment to explain it to everybody. Fair enough. Let's uh, dive right on in here. MGGO Metagame Week in Review. We had a modern challenge on June 4th. That would have been the Saturday challenge, typically uh, the best attended. Although there were two big magic events this weekend. There was an SCG event in Richmond, and there was also DreamHack. Uh, had a big yep. 10K tournament, I believe. And I'm already seeing the tweets show up of people that got sick this weekend. So hopefully that will give other folks pause about showing up for in-person events this summer. Vegas uh, is this weekend. Yeah, that seems like a terrible idea, but I uh, wish you all of you the best if you're on your way there. So the Modern Challenge Online in Safer Climate, uh, Shardless Footfalls in first, and then a whole bunch of spice. Four-color Omnath slash Vivian combo uh, featuring four Vivian on the hunt from Streets of New Capenna. Um, Mono Black Control in third, Shardless Footfalls in 4th, Charbelcher making uh, one of its occasional appearances in 5th, and another Omnath deck with a twist, except this time it's not Vivian combo, it's Omnath Glimpse slash Fable, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. And then 4-color Omnath kind of vanilla variety, Money Pile version in 7th, and a Calibrated Blast combo deck in 8th. Um, you think Yorion Omnath is providing too broad of a canvas for people to imprint their dreams upon. I mean, you've got a sweet 60-card uh, Omnath deck you can do. You know, we start out with Elementals, and then you just said, well, if I can add Yorion in there, I can just start the blinking all over again and you know, keep the festivities going. 
And if you've got 80 cards, then you can find, like, how many spaces does the Vivian combo take? You need four Vivians. You're already tutoring for creatures left and right. You know, you're playing... Uh, this version isn't playing Bring the Light, but is playing for Eldamri's Call. Uh, you've got... Um, you know, you just got a lot of good things to do in here. And this feels a lot like I've got room for a six-card combo to go in. And now it's just all spicy goodness. I, I'm a big fan of, like, cramming multiple combos in because now you, your opponent just has no idea what on earth to do. I'm very curious whether Yorion and or Omnath will catch a variety ban down the road, similar to what happened to Lurus, where I think that the format could have continued on in that mode and been fine, but better without and possibly better without Yorion as well. Like at some point here, they may just decide companions is, is worth wiping off the slate. It, I, I would like to see them do that to just companions in general, rather than give Yorion the, the ax, just be like, we're sorry, we, we messed this up. This is, this is better than we thought it was. I mean, especially with something as just kerblowy as, um, the different Omnath decks, because Omnath is just such a value engine anyway. Um, like, I don't, I, I was watching the, uh, the DreamHack stream, and, uh, dude's playing a Scapeshift Omnath deck, and it was amazing to watch, like, you're, you're doing all this ridiculous stuff for multiple Valakut triggers, uh, and you may or may not have a Yorion to start everything all over again. So, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think that it will get a ban at some point. I just don't know if they're going to try taking out Omnath because even at four colors, it's too good. Or if they will go for the companion mechanic and say, just the companions were too good. I think they'll try one or the other before they, before anything else. Can't overlook this mono black control deck that Aspiring Spike and others have been testing on stream lately too. Four Karn the Great Creator, two Lilian of the Veil, vale, an Archon of Cruelty, and Emrakul the Promised End. Two Golos Tireless Pilgrim, Turok Dread Cantor, Blood Chief's Thirst, Damnation's Inquisition of Kozlek, and two Invoke Despair, three Profane Tutor. Yet another MH2 card that was underestimated, top baiting, and modern. Go figure. This is the quote-unquote bad demonic tutor because it takes you so many turns to get it, and yet it's doing just fine in this deck. Four Thoughtseize, one Cling to Dust, four Fatal Push, two March of Wretched Sorrow. I don't think people thought that was a modern playable uh, kill spell, but here we are. Four Expedition Map, there's four Cabal Coffers, three Castle Lockthwain, a Takanuma Abandoned Mire, and three Urborg jumping out at me in the land base. Pretty sweet to see Mono Black Control back on the menu in this format. I, this seems like it's such a good metagame for Torak. Like, two mana pro white is already, like, really good against your Teferis, your Omnaths, uh, Prismatic. most of the hum Prismatic Ending, March of All the Worldly Light. Like, that card seems really well set. I was, I was giving it serious thought as a pick, but there's still a lot to be had out there. But, um, and then you kick it and you get it as a 4-3 and they discard two cards for four mana? It's ridiculous. And then this 8th place deck is a calibrated blast combo deck, which is a Modern Horizons 1 
uh, overlooked card. And I believe Throws of Chaos, which has two copies in here, was also a MH1 overlooked card. Calibrated Blast, basically you just reveal cards from the top of your library until you hit a non-land, and then you get to deal damage equal to that card's mana value, and then later you get to flash back the Calibrated Blast if they're not dead yet for five, three for the initial cast. Then their Throws of Chaos, um, are it just says Cascade and Retrace. So you get to, it's like your fifth and sixth copies of Calibrated Blast. And then everything else in the deck other than the 38 lands is just 16 of the most expensive cards in the game, all of which happen to be creatures. Uh, you've got four Autothon Worm, four Emrakul, the Aeon's Torn, four Scion of Draco, and four Shadow of Mortality, a new card out of Streets of New Capenna that costs 15. So the whole idea here is that they're going to fetch shock their way to being within killing distance, and then you're just going to get them out of nowhere. Yeah, and you have a whole lot of uh, game against counter spells because... Uh, your Calibrated Blast already has Flashback built in, and your Throws of Chaos is just, you're going to cast it every single turn. And you're saying, can you counterspell every single turn? Uh, you've got uh, one, two of the Boseju in case they do something with, um, and two in the sideboard too, in case they have the uh, Leyline that gives you Hexproof. Yeah. And uh, all the rest is just, like, landy goodness. I, I do really appreciate in this deck, uh, this is a deck where if you had the right two fetch lands, you could lay down Scion of Draco on turn two. Because you first turn first turn fetch for one of the tri-lands that has three types, and then your second fetch goes for the shock land that has the other two types. Ah, that's the answer to the question. We were debating this on during the EDH game on Saturday night with the Pro Traders, we were talking about somebody had Cyan out out of their Ur-Dragon deck, and I had mentioned something about it getting played on turn two, and we couldn't get our heads around remembering that you didn't get you don't go get double Tri-Land, you get Tri-Land Shock-Land to get to yes. the, the five types on two. Correct. I, I am the person who will cast this for one mana on turn two in the Ur-Dragon. Absolutely. Yep. Well, two mana, right? It's 12 well, uh, minus, minus 10. Minus one for the Ur-Dragon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Good point. That's cute. Uh, all right. So Modern Challenge looked super fun this weekend. And then we're going to look at the Legacy Challenge because there was two bans in Pioneer today. We had Winota, Joiner of Forces, getting banned. And what was the other one? Expressive Iteration. Ah, yes. The devilish, unpopular, uncommon from Strixhaven. Um, so we're going to look at the legacy challenge instead. Uh, the legacy challenge was won by lands and then we had blue, red, Merc tide taking second, sixth and eighth. doesn't look all that different <laughs> from the, the modern right. version. Right. And then mono black depths instead of mono black control in third. And this doesn't look all that different either. It's still got some Karns in there. This time it's Karn Cyan of Urza. Instead of Great Creator, two Dark Confidant, four Dothy Voidwalker, three Opposition Agent, four Vampire Hex Mage, which of course combos with Dark Depths to get your 2020 on the battlefield, four Duress, four Thought Seize, four Dark Ritual, four Expedition Map, four Python Needle, and one Shadow Spear. Mm, I do love a Dark Ritual into an Opposition Agent. <laughs> in in response to somebody else's nonsense your first yes. turn fetch land man just like you go fetch they they have a fetch 
you just wait, you just wait, they crack, like, oh, oh, it's so good. Here's the question, would you, would you daze the Dark Ritual, or would you wait for them to cast the actual spell? I don't play enough Legacy to know this answer, because, but I, what I was always taught was you don't counter the ritual, you counter what they're going for. Sure. And, uh. I think I'd probably be countering the ritual. Like, whatever it is you're going to do, I don't want you to do it. I, I can't take the chance that you're going to control my uh, my fetch land. Tell you one thing I'm noticing a lot of across a whole bunch of different decks and various archetypes is Expedition Map as a four of. There's at least four or five different archetypes in Modern that are running it. Shows up here in Legacy in a few of the decks. And certainly a major EDH card. Uh, I run it in Corvold, for instance, so that I can go get whatever I need and get a sack trigger off of it. And there's, you know, any deck that's running great lands, like they want to go get Urborg, or they want to get Cabal Coffers, or they want to get Cradle, or whatever. Uh, Expedition Map is S-tier staple in ADH. And we're down to just, you know, these were dime a dozen at one point. Super cheap and hard to unload when VIP packs were getting cracked in great quantity. But we're down to just 26 listings starting at about $20. I'm willing to bet these are going to go 20 to 50 in the next couple of years. I want to see if they get a reprint in Double Masters 2, and then I'll be ready to, to be there with you. Well, yeah, another fancy version regardless of whether it's in DXM2 or somewhere else uh, will certainly create some drag, but... Art's nice on this version, and I could I could see it being favored in lieu of something better. Uh, so, Mono Black Depths was in third. Eight Thought was in fourth, which is the deck that has uh, four uh, three Thought cast and three Thought man- monitor. So I guess this was six Thought. Four Emery Lurker of the Lock. Four Kappa Cannoneer in here. Two Psy Master Thopterist. A whole bunch of artifacts. Uh, two Ottawara. Four Urza Saga. For Ancient Tomb, for Force of Will. Nice, clean, blue artifact build. I love a 16 land deck so much. Then we got a huge five-color Yorion list. Got even more options to work with up in Legacy. Oh, man. Yorion in Legacy. See, this is why I don't want to get too crappy on the companion mechanic, because you'd have what would you have to pay a Legacy player to build an 80-card deck if there was no Yorion involved? And people were, I, I still distinctly remember the first couple of weeks where Yorion decks were showing up. People thought they were totally flash in the pan. Like, haha, cool, 80 card deck, moving on. And, and now, like, you're going to have to beat one of those decks in the top eight, or you're not going to win. Um, yeah, so there's still, you still get to play Uro in, in Legacy. So you get to, you get to Yorion, your Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath. That's fun. Uh, yeah, so that's a cool deck. And then Mono Blue Artifacts in 7th. This is different than the other one. This is 4 Karn the Great Creator, 3 Emery still, 4 Hull Breacher, banned in EDH, so I haven't gotten cast this anytime recently, but certainly would love to do so in Legacy, where they they go ahead and cast Brainstorm and you Hull Breacher in response. Seems good. Mm. <laughs> two two Kappa Cannoneer, two Psymaster Thopperus, four Echo of Eons in Legacy. That, that makes me happy. I've got a stack of these that I, I bought way too expensive when Horizons 2 came out. And four Force of Will, and then a stack of artifacts. I guess the idea here is that you're going to pitch your... Do they have a pitch mechanic for the Echo to get it on flashback for three? Um, let's see. 
I don't see anything jumping out at me because like even Retrofitter Foundry doesn't have a discard uh, Karn doesn't discard Emery Mills but like if you oh that's it it's an Emery milling four cards in your hope that's why there's four echoes so that you have a high chance of Emery milling you into one I mean if you've got the echo with Hull Breacher is you know still six mana if you're flashing it back what's another three mana <laughs> Especially if you've got Lion's Eye Diamond going on. The deal here is you like force their first piece of interaction, you've dumped your whole hand, and then you've got one of your blue creatures on the table, possibly a Karn, and then you're going to flash back that Echo and either either save the force to protect that play or hope maybe you have another force, and then you're going to load back up and keep rolling. So yeah, this this deck's pretty sweet. And, uh, yeah, that's the Legacy Challenge for June 5th, our year of our, our Lord Emmercool 2022. Moving on over to Top Paper Movers, relatively short list. I mean, tons of stuff moved, but things that were meaningful. Uh, a little bit of a lull this week. People out there enjoying summertime. Pieces of the Puzzle, Out of Shadows over Innistrad, Foils going from 14 to $26 gains, 43%. Uh, on the back of play with some new commanders uh, of note and also just a good card in general in spells matters decks and edh you got i think it's also in the uh, lotus field decks in pioneer right people were happy that it didn't that lotus field wasn't banned uh there's a bunch of movement in here that's related i'm not sure how many copies they run of this and that i would have thought it was just one but let me double check in pioneer is it Phoenix tends to run it and they run three pieces of the puzzle. So yeah, you're right. Um, but the Phoenix decks got kicked in the nuts today because expressive iteration is banned. So yeah, we'll see uh, how, how that works out. Uh, Thespian stage on the other hand is in Lotus field and, and for reasons unknown, they left Lotus field alone and targeted the other two decks that were at the top of the heap. So people went after Thespian Stage Foils, which has only been printed in Gatecrash and Double Masters. Again, they were dirt cheap for a while. Uh, they went from 8 to 15, not in the last week, in this case, over the last few, few weeks. But they now seem to be dried up both versions and headed from probably 15 to 25 or 30. Uh, and I can't remember if this has been a, a cast pick uh, in the last year, but if it has, it's probably going to get there. We've also got some early pre-order action. People are realizing that there aren't so many busted cards in Commander Legends 2 compared to Commander Legends 1. And as a result, they're expecting the EV to flow into the ones that are in high demand. And that includes Battle Angels of Tear. The borderless version looks pretty sweet. And the foils went from 13 to 26 on pre-order. It's a foil mythic, so that could still be low. Uh, we'll have to see... Uh, where this ends up i suspect that far enough down the road these are 50 60 dollar foil borderless mythics uh, i just don't know whether the best buy-in is now behind us in pre-order season or whether cracking will push them back down i guess we'll have to see shortly we will find out i mean normally i'd say this is a, a bad time to buy but like you said we're wondering what's going to soak up the value in these packs and something has to and if you're looking for value, it's hard to argue with the, with the four mana angel that will deal uh, 12, no, uh, yeah, 12 damage, draw cards, give you treasures, all that good stuff. 
somebody in the know in the vendor community also told me this week that Wizards is going to be taking steps to limit availability of Collector Booster product outside the first six months. So I've heard stories in the past of Wizards destroying product after a period of time if it's not moving off shelves at the distribution level. And it sounds like they're going to tighten things up on the CBs so that you really have to get them up front or risk the the price tags climbing. And I think what they're trying to avoid is things like what happened with... Uh, uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realm CBs or Ikoria CBs at one point where they dropped under 150, 160, well below right. co- cost in some cases. They, they, they don't like the optics of that. It's not good for that sub-brand. So uh, expect them to tighten uh, the supply and I suppose you could argue artificially increase the pr- attempt to artificially increase the perceived price on some of this stuff moving forward. Gateway Plaza at a War of the Spark foils from two to four dollars. No big thing, but Gates uh, did get a bunch of support in CMR2. Ancient Gold Dragon, along with the Copper Dragon, and I forget which one the blue one is, but whichever dragon that is, seemed like the best dragons to target from CMR2. Ancient Gold Dragon, just regular vanilla copies, went from 10 to 20 on pre order. Uh, again, it's a mythic. There are extra mythics in the set. These are not super easy to pull because they are neither legendary nor are they um, backgrounds, which are by far the easiest things to pull out of this set, out of CBs and so forth. So, yeah, dragons probably going to do pretty well. Uh, people that got them on pre-order near ten, I think they're going to be in the money pretty quickly here. Umbris, That's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, Umbris Fear Manifest, uh, Vok is the Vow Commander cards. 8 to 16 on the back of that new horror commander that we talked about last week. Unexpected Windfall is the slightly worse due to casting costs version of Big Score. This one out of AFR foils from a dollar to 250 on the back of Treasures and maybe the discussion we had on cast about these cards last week. Um, and then a Reckless Rage out of Rivals of, uh, of Ixlon. $1.50 to $4 for the non-foil on the back of it being played in Pioneer Is It Prowess builds. I suspect that might be due to the banning moving the needle on cards from the versions of blue-red decks that don't lean heavily on expressive iteration. But uh, I would think that the Prowess deck still gets worse in the absence of that card, so maybe I've got that wrong. Uh, either way... Uh, a weird card that damages your own creature at the same time it deals four damage to something else and really only makes sense in prowess builds so better hope that deck stays at the top if you were putting your chips into reckless rage yeah um that's a also like that's a, a set that people didn't like very much you know there there might be that much less of the card floating around since it's an uncommon but We'll see if that holds with uh, the changes that are happening to the formats. It's also pre-Booster Fun era, so there are no, there's not like a massive amount of foils like there would be if there was CBs for that set. Uh, moving on to the top Magic Online movers of the week, we've got uh, Graveyard Trespasser out of Midnight Hunt going from 9.45 ticks to 20 ticks. Just about a double up plus, and it's seen play in black red decks in Pioneer that stand to gain given the latest uh, bannings in Pioneer. It's also seen play in Standard. Uh, 
just a strong mid-rangey uh, threat. Subtlety out of MH2 went from 4.4 ticks to 7.92, uh, gaining 80% on the back of usage in Modern. Coligan's Command out of Dragons of Tarkir, 2.23 ticks to 3.74, 67 or 68% gains on the back of use in Black, Red decks and Pioneer. And then Vivian on the Hunt out of SNC going 3.75 ticks to 5.68, 51% gains on the back of being used in the combo deck alongside Omnath in Modern and other versions of that, that combo deck uh, with or without the Omnath Yorian action, as well as showing up in Standard. Yeah, we uh, we talked about it. You can cram it into a lot of different decks, and we're, we'll see where that ends up over time. I'm curious how the Vivian on the Hunt... What's the fanciest version? Foil etched? Same same as there was for Neon Dynasty, right? Because the Wandering Emperor had one. That was uh, that was available in etch too, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so did Tamio, but not Kato, because Kato's was borderless, weirdly enough. Um, so anyway, Vivian on Hunt Showcase Foil etched can be had for about $29 to $30. And there are very few left on TCG Player with a very steep ramp. They're at 21 listings. This might be a shadow pick here. For those that actually listen all the way through the cast, because these are drying up pretty quick. <laughs> and how's it doing over on EDH Rec? I would guess middling, probably. There's so many green uh, planeswalkers that do kind of the same stuff, generate value engines related to creatures. Vivian on the hunt so far in 2,300 decks, 2% of all green decks since release. That's not terrible. Medium. It's it's yeah it's pretty medium, but it might it, you might only need modern <laughs> to get these foil etched to take especially because modern's going to want four of them. You can you can tutor for creatures a lot easier than you can tutor for planeswalkers. That's the thing. This is probably also a cube card because that combo could be dumped into cubes. That's a convoluted combo to add to cubes because it's not just uh, planeswalker accomplice plus Vivian. It's also like. You need some way to copy over and over. You need the, you've already got Kiki Jiki combos. You've already got Splinter Twin combos. But you know, I'm for but all, convoluted but, combos in a cube. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen plenty of cubes that have some combination of Felidar, Sahili, Kiki, Pestermites, etc. I mean, some of the some of the pieces are kind of already cube staples. So I don't think Vivian's a stretch, given that, especially because she's not combo specific. She also just does normal mid rangey good stuff. That's true. Uh, those etched foils started early on at about 45. They've done pretty much nothing but come down and then bounced off a low at 30, and they've just been kind of hovering there. But they really are getting cleaned up. And if you look at the sales history, talking onesie twosie per day on TCG Player. And, and they're not easy to replace. You and I have talked about how rare these actually are. I think, I'm gonna, yeah. I think I'll bite off one playset. Bite off one playset and check back on it down the road. Uh, just a nibble. Just a taste. Take a, see if I like it. Let's take a little taste. All right. Moving on over to cards to watch. Some other stuff that's on our radar. How about... I'm just going to toss out another an, another yeah. shadow pick here that we talked about uh, during the Pro Trader EDH thing. There's a, there's a bunch of old border foil promos that are available through your lgs right now one of them is obf dig through time card's still legal in pioneer who knows how long that will last 
but for the time being, it still is. And it's a fantastic card in EDH. And you can get these old border foils for $1 currently. That's if, hard to argue with. If those had come out in the fall of 2015, they would have been about $80. Right. <laughs> Before they got bands left, right, and center. Uh, yeah, these are tremendous from a collector corner perspective, even if they take forever to drain out and become specs. Grab these at a dollar and maybe buy list them later for three or four dollars. Or at in your worst case scenario here, you're just sliding them into your blue EDH decks, which is not something you're going to end up complaining about at a dollar a piece. They look really good. But my actual first pick is Profane Tutor of the Mono Black deck in uh, in Modern. Profane Tutor is currently in. Let's see. You usually run it as a three or a four of in that build. The build still has plenty of work to do to post up shop in modern semi-permanently, but it's already in 25,000 reported decks on EDH rec in its first year. And we're down under 80 listings on TCG player. It's pretty much along with everything else from Modern Horizons 2 has just kind of slid down a ramp for the year that it's been in wide circulation. If it wasn't, one of the top 20 cards out of the set which it's not so now you can get old border foils for about three dollars plus shipping so you're looking at something like four dollars and i figure 12 to 18 months these are going to be 12 dollars plus i'm not going to argue with you about this like i i love old border foils now these um aren't as rare as uh time spiral remastered old border foils there's a different collation at work um, so we want to make that clear to people, but this is still like a less common version of the card. And this is by far the sweetest version of the card, uh, especially because, um, you and I, who are, uh, magic boomers, you know, we love the nostalgia of the old border stuff. So it's got Richard Kane um, Ferguson art, Dakins on it. I mean, there's just so many things to recommend about it. And yes, you have to plan ahead for two turns. But, you know, Demonic Tutor is a $50, $60 card, even in its jankiest versions. So this one being uh, Be Patient, Grasshopper, and you'll get there. You know, it's it's pretty straightforward and going to do well. And I think I'm going to go uh, bite off a couple play sets of these when we are done recording. I agree with all that. There is a slight caveat that the demonic tutor you can now get copies as low as 35 or 40 i feel like that low yeah it i wanted to say it showed up on the list but i can't it did it was on the list for a while but uh it was during the time when the list like it didn't mean anything to be on the list i think it's more that the strixhaven uh the promo the the mystical archives coughed up a whole lot of the second most desired art and there are plenty of those still sitting around and there was ultimate masters not that far back down the road behind that there's been a couple of different judge promos and there was ultimate masters box top box toppers as well all those although those go for a hundred dollars um these days so anyway uh yeah profane tutor people thought it was absolute trash when they first laid eyes on it but i've actually had more of these cast against me lately than demonic tutors and I've, I've taken Demonic Tutor out of most of my EDH decks at this point. It's not like making people wait, especially on webcam, 
for searching as much as I can. <laughs> and I respect that. And I also just have been aiming for a slightly lower power level. I don't try to build synergy at synergy focused decks that don't have a lot of two card combos. And I find that Demonic Tutor just always ends up going to get either your kill or a board wipe. And it just feels cheap when I do it. It's too, it's too easy. I want my games to be harder. Um, and more, <laughs> and prefer the more political, which is hard to do when you have the answer in hand. Um, I forget what the uh, what the name of the card is, um, but it's um, it's teamer colors, and your opponent looks through your deck for a creature, a land, and a non-creature, non-land, and they they give it to you. It's like asking your opponent to pick the the worst three cards out of your deck. And I love the card. I just hate the logistics of the card. Because it requires, like, whoever you pick, now, like, the entire table has to have an opinion. And you're, like, spreading out the whole deck on the table. And, like, what's the worst thing in here to give this guy? So, um, I'm with you. There's a certain class of cards where it is not worth the hassle. Uh, Cathar's Crusade is the one I usually point to for that. There aren't enough dice in the universe. So, this next one is a follow on to a pick I made back on episode 252, which was December 30th, 2020. Oh, to be back when it felt like the pandemic might ever actually end. Oh, but I I did not look uh, in the older sheets. I apologize. Your, your pick's different because you're, you're picking a different version. I picked just regular for once, which is bonkers. Oh. I, I almost never do that. And it was regular Apex Devastator at 11 to go to 25. And I think the card just basically slid ever since. Have a feeling it's, it's well, it's not much. Yeah, it's like seven to $8 currently. So if you got in on my pick back in December, 2020, or you held them instead of dumping them at the time, you've been burning money ever since. So present your fresh argument for a fancy version of Apex Devastator, please. Well, uh, I'm picking Foil Extended Art Apex Devastator. Um, it's 10 mana for a 10-10 Chimera Hydra with Quad Cascade. And right right now, uh, it is at its lowest point. It's done nothing but trickle downward in the time since it was printed. Right now, there's 26 copies on uh, TCG Player. There's nobody with four more copies. And it is in... Uh, 17,000 uh, EDH decks online. Surprisingly pretty, high. Surprisingly high, but like you want a great thing to... You can't cheat it into play and get its effect, but you are like getting a whole lot of fun synergies. I made the mistake early on. I put this in my Zaxara deck, which is nothing but X spells, and the first time I cascaded this stupid thing and hit three <laughs> X spells yeah, and a Cultivate, so I was just like, all right, well it's just languished in my binder since but anyway um the combination of uh three pages worth of vendors and uh good edh numbers and this being the sweetest version we're gonna get you know some cascade is a mechanic they do like to throw us new stuff with and uh the next time a new cascade commander comes out this is gonna jump uh just as it as it sale as it sells, you know, it sells one to two copies a day, and I just think it's it's at the right point, the right mix of supply and demand. And if you were thinking you want to get a copy, now is the time because it's super cheap. 
well, not super cheap, but it's at its cheapest. Yeah, and it, and a bu- and and even though it has slid, it slid from kind of low fifties to low forties um, as it was drying up, which is not a massive slide. Like the the old border foil fetches fell harder. Um, by way of comparison, a bunch of commanders want this, especially the Cascade commanders. You've got a Verna, the Chaos Bloom, that whenever you Cascade, you put a land card from among the exiled cards under the battlefield tapped. So if you quad cascade, you could cast four spells and get four lands. Uh, you've got a Modi Celebrant of Bounty, which is the five mana for three one cascade Naga Druid that also gives spells you cast with a converted mana cost six or greater cascade. So Apex then has Quintuple Cascade. Uh, you've got Svela Ice Shaper. Um, you've got Maelstrom Wanderer. Old Gnawbone runs it, Born Clex, etc. And and as you said, when you get another Cascade Commander down the road, they'll want it too. And it's also just a good card. It's good in reanimator strategies if you're in green black. Nah, because um, if you're if you reanimate it, you don't get the cascades. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, it's it's not a come into play ability. That's the the tricky part of Cascade. Good point. Yeah. Um, but certainly the and I guess sneak attack effects don't work either. Correct. Uh, has to be cast so you you actually want to be probably in whatever colors allow you to cast things for free so i guess there's some there's some blue black cards so then you, now you're in sultai um you know sultai and you're you've got a uh yuriko going this is fine off the top from a yuriko deal Tricky 10. with yuriko but you know because we're talking some other Sultai commander, but yeah, we're um, anything with you know uh, a ramp strategy is going to want this. Uh, if you like to play uh, the Gigantosaur, the ten ten for you know six green mana, and you like big green stuff, this is this is right up your alley. If you're looking for something to do with uh, all of your old Gnawbone treasures, you know, hit somebody with an old Gnawbone, then lay down a Devastator and really go to town. All right, so I've got my next selection is a regular version of a card. Go figure. Like you said, unusual for you, but it's it's an excellent pick. I feel like I'm going to be shifting more in this direction, trying to get at least one per week, because the big research article that I'm still wrapping up that I promised two weeks ago and I'm still trying to find time to, to complete uh, points pretty clearly at buying regular copies of great cards. So, Zeatora's uh, Proving Ground. 12 to 18 month horizon, non-foil, confidence level of 9, regular versions out of Streets of New Capenna. Unlike Modern Horizons 2, these are not going to get opened all year because standard sets have a, a shorter window, uh, cracking window, than something as sexy as MH2. You can currently get these at about $7. I would propose that within a year to a year and a half, they're going to go 7 to 16 it's the most popular EDH rec SNC tri land, already over 10,000 decks running it. And between uh, a variety of the most popular commanders right now, this is the one that seems like it would have the most demand. If you look at the top 20 commanders on EDH rec from the last month, you've got the Ur Dragon, Henzi Toolbox Torre, Korvold, um, and Zia Tora the Incinerator, and 
Kenrith and Goshintai that would all make use of this, which is pretty good. You could also look at something like Jetmir's Garden, which is at a similar price and gets uh, a major boost off the back of being popular in both Jetmir Nexus of Revels and Ginny Fey. But uh, I don't think that Ginny Fey at 27th most popular commander already is likely to turn the corner and catch up to Jetmir. Seems like people have pretty much set their hearts on Jetmir as the top tokens commander. And even Jetmir is sitting in 13th, whereas... You've got Ur-Dragon in 2nd, Henzi at 6th, Corvold at 7th, and so on. So yeah, Trilands are proven returns if you look at Ikoria a couple years back, and I suspect we're going to look at a very similar pattern here with Streets of New Cabena. I'd agree. I mean, we, we know what happened with the uh, first set of Triomes, and now with the second set, this is, you know, provable stuff. We, um, Ikoria was like just after the pandemic hit, right? If I'm remembering the timing correctly, yeah, because it the was first all spring. the first spring. Yeah, because it was the it was during uh, the lockdown. The, the solar flare deck on Arena, and you're just like cycle, 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 bang. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cycle, 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 bang. <laughs> yeah, that was so. Fun. It was fun. Uh, but I, I think that this is a, a rock-solid pick. You can't go wrong with picking up these lands at their lowest prices. Uh, we've had, if you wanted to wait a little while hoping for $6, I wouldn't fault you. But I think 7 is an excellent entry point for something that is going to be provably extremely popular. And all you're going to have to do is buy a bunch of copies of these and... Put the ones you want in your decks and keep the rest handy because in a year or a year and a half, you'll be able to move them for twice what you paid. And that's your year of Pro Trader right there. So two counterpoints to my optimism. The If we look at the Ikoria basic versions of the earlier Triumphs that were two, put out two years prior, uh, Ketria is at about 16 Rogren is at about 16, Savai is at about 15, so I'm not too far off on the price. But if we look at the price graphs, they were 10 to 13 up until this winter, and they've gained the last 2 or $3 um, in the last few months. So if, the, if Proven Ground follows a similar pattern, the... These were available in the six, the original, the Ikoria Trilands were available in the $5 to $7 range right up until February of the following year. So if you're listening to this and not just reading reading my uh, screen grabs that I give the pro traders uh, that many people uh, uh, just, you know, consume and then move on, you get the bonus analysis of saying you could probably wait on these somewhere in the next six months. Put your money to work elsewhere and then cut your whole debt time down to a year instead of two years. And and then you'll be in fine shape. Now, if you've got decks you can use these in in the meantime, then by all means. I mean, you're going to get bonus value if you actually use them. Um, but yeah, you might want to get your st- your stacks a little further down the road. Could see some weakness midsummer. Typically how it goes with the uh, recent standard rares. But then once you get to the fall, you're probably going to see a bit of an uptick as people jump back into standard and summer activities, Wayne? I would agree with that. I mean, there's 
there's always a case to be made that you can wait and you know try and catch it right before it starts to climb back up again but this is a, a, a reasonable time we are at just about its lowest point and we've had it for a while and even if it drops a uh, dollar you'll be fine all right your final selection of the week uh, my other pick this week is uh, an old border foil because uh, I love them. Uh, Yavamaya, the Cradle of Growth, is in 82,000 Commander decks online. Um, it's got a lot of different synergies that it uses, and it just it has a lot of good things going on. Uh, it's really good if your commander has Forest Walk, if you've got uh, Eladomri to give uh, your whole elf team Forest Walk. There's just a lot to love about this card, and so uh, I'm picking it right now. You can pick up foils in the range of, let me make sure, of the retro foils. Uh, right now you've got 109 listings, actually no, 75 near mint listings for around $20, and uh, I'm picking it in the next 12 to 18, next 12 months or so to, uh, it's going to hit 50. We're going to have some great thing happen with forests or just the the graph will keep going and people are going to want this card i just think we're we're at the time and it has enough synergies that we want to get this best version cheap see with profane tutor you really want that modern black deck to keep going with apex devastator you'd love it if a new cascade commander or a hydra commander showed up but with proving ground and cradle you they're just good like they're good and they're in almost everything to put things in context if you look at edh rec stats for modern horizons 2 most of the good cards are somewhere in 20 to thirty thousand decks stuff like your academy manufacturers your sort of hearth and homes even ragavan ignoble hierarch just good stuff cards 20 to thirty thousand decks for most of those guys but then you have a class above that out of the, the non-reprint cards, where you've got things like Dothy Voidwalker at 57,000, Ditto Urza Saga, Esper Sentinel at 95,000, and the own, and the second place is Yavamaya at 83, in 9% of all green decks. So I've picked, I think, a foil extended art version of these to go 20 to 40 last fall or something. Maybe it was in the winter. And they're pretty much still about the same price. And if you're choosing between... Uh, extended art versus old border foil i think i like your selection of old border foil better at the same price and to go 20 to 50 might be optimistic within 12 months but 20 to 35 or 40 doesn't seem crazy to me and push it five years out original printing old border foil yavamaya cradle of growth in my opinion is a future hundred dollar card i mean i'm not gonna disagree with you on that as long as commander stays this popular or more popular and doesn't dramatically shrink due to incoming massive incoming economic issues this <laughs> these next couple of years. Bro, due... we're getting we're getting apocalyptically philosophical here. If you're like, this will be great unless Commander dies. More like unless there's a massive depression that Magic finally can't uh, resist because Magic has historically done very well during recessions, actually, because it's a uh, impulse purchase driven. Um, product that has units you know price point entry price price points that are in that friday payday kind of uh range you can go buy a booster pack or two you can go 
buy a pre-release kit, you can buy a commander deck for 50 bucks, you know, whatever's in your price range. And so Magic has never suffered too hard during times of economic collapse, but I mean, there's there are a confluence of pretty significant forces at play, so we'll see how it goes. All that said, still think Yavimaya, Cradle of Growth, Old Border Foils, even if you got to hold them for a while, hard to imagine a safer blue chip at the moment. All right, I appreciate uh, hearing that. I'll I'll adjust my pick down to forty, and we will uh, call it for just a double up. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, the other one I I'm calling out here is an offer you can't refuse. Foils, but not the regular foils, which are very relatively easy to come by and are going to take some time to rise. I think I'm talking about the uh, promo border that is only available in the promo packs that you get from your LGS. Expressive Iteration foil uh, out of the promo packs got up to about 25. I don't think an offer you can't refuse has as much overall demand as Expressive Iteration ended up having because of its four of demand in multiple constructed formats. But Expressive Iteration accomplished that when a lot of people weren't even playing paper. And Offer You Can't Refuse is already in is the top Streets of New Capenna uncommon on EDH Rec in already in 10,000 decks. That's very good for a month. Um, and the promo pack foils are relatively rare. So I think to say that these are going to go 10 to 20 in the next 12 to say 14 months seems pretty likely. And, you know, these started around 7, peaked at 15 in early May, and a month later they're back down in the 10 to 11 range depending on where you're snapping them off. There's only 28 listings of these left, and nobody's got big walls posted. And this isn't the kind of thing that the gaming company and their ilk can mass crack because they aren't LGSs. Or, it's not entirely true, I think gaming company does own LGSs, but they, they get a very limited pile of the promo packs from Wizards, so they can't they can't open a million dollars worth of product and, and dump walls of 100 of these on the market, and that's why you don't see them. Uh, as walls, like three, four, five copies max from anybody that's got them posted here. Uh, and for those who don't remember, this is a counter spell. It's a negate that costs one less, but the opponent gets two treasure tokens, which in early game obviously isn't that great, but in mid to late game is totally fine. Kind of swan swan song esque. Yes, it's a, a good. Uh, that's a, a good equivalent to it. And uh, I'm I'm with you 100 percent on this. I love the uh, the. The promo, the FNM promo frame, with the the planeswalker symbol and the more visible um, type lines, it's just good all around. And um, I think that we're gonna see as as we're gonna talk about like the promo packs can contain certain chase cards, so people are gonna be trying harder than ever to open these. And this might just be one more piece of value that. Uh, that you can get when opening it. All right, so moving on over to the Pro Trader selection of the week, we've got Coach33, uh, one of the Pro Traders from Japan, if I'm not mistaken, bringing up an interesting topic. Is it time to start acquiring Scalding Tarns from Modern Horizons 2, just the regular versions? This gentleman is proposing $24 entry, which is the low on for near mint copies on TCG Player right now, Aiming to exit at 40 plus in 12 to 16 months. We are looking at 
very deep supply. 247 listings still because though the Modern Horizons 2 CBs had a single wave last summer that then echoed through the market for most of the year, the set booster boxes and draft booster boxes have been in print all year. And there are uh, old border retro frame versions of Scouting Tarn that are worth $20 more that were only available, I believe, in set booster boxes and kind of hard to pull out of those. Uh, so they already have a $20 premium. But the regular copies are just sitting there in large quantity at about 25 but they move 25 to 35 copies a day on TCG Player. And tons of people need them for blue-red decks of a variety, you know, in, in Modern and Legacy. In Modern, you can still play Expressive Iteration, so Merktide, at least for the time being, doesn't look like it's going anywhere. And I, I would be unsurprised if even if Merktide died for a few months, they would just print some other busted blue and or red card into the format and revive the archetype. So... Scalding Tarn is going to get played all over the place forever. Are we in agreement that it basically just needs to dodge another reprint for a couple of years? I mean, if you, yes, I, I, I don't, I don't want to rule out that they throw this into another product, but I, I also want to point out it took them a long ass time to get around to reprinting the enemy fetches. You know, it but was, then they went hard, and then they went hard. They put it like, um, if I remember right, your average on a collector booster of Modern Horizons two was like three and a half fetches. It was so like we had the enemy fetches in Masters Modern Masters twenty seventeen, and we had the Zendikar Rising. Uh, version the expedition that was just like a drop in the bucket in about 2019 and you had the secret lair which you know was around and then you didn't have anything and then you just get this dump of copies available via modern horizons 2 and um i i think that if it's not reprinted this is you know, um, I need a giant lock to hold up to the computer to be like the lock of the year. I didn't realize that the non-foils had fallen to a mere $25, you know? And, and I think if I go back, if I was redesigning the product formulation for Modern Horizons 2, I would have just done old border foil for the fetches and left it at that. Because... Mm -hmm. When compared to the formulations they're using in current, in standard sets lately, um, typically what happens is if there are multiple versions of a card, they are splitting the drop rate. So say there's, just for argument's sake, there's 50 rares in a Streets of New Capenna collector booster that could be pulled from a specific slot. If one of those rares has two treatments, each treatment is half as rare, is twice as rare as a rare that does, only has a single treatment. But with Modern Horizons 2, the Collector Booster formulation meant that it, it used a multi-drop uh, for fetches because there was a foil-etched rare or mythic rare slot. So that's where you got your foil-etched fetches, which in retrospect, nobody wanted or needed. 
Then you had a foil alt frame rare or mythic rare, which could be retro frame. So that's where you'd get your old border foil fetches. And then there was an extended art rare slot. And so what that means is they actually reprinted Scalding Tarn three times, just in the collector boosters alone. Right. It's not that any one of those it had additional copies versus other rares. It's that all of them combined mean that there was all of a sudden three or four times as many Scalding Tarns total floating around the market. And those walls got so big and took so, are, are taking so long to drain versus what people had anticipated, not realizing that logic, that, you know, it's going to take some time. And, but I think his timeline here makes sense as long as they don't cough them up again. So far as we know, the rumor is that there's the Lord of the Rings set next next year and that that set is going to have uh, allied fetches, which are overdue for a printing. And we don't know what comes beyond that. But one might imagine that they could try either Pioneer Masters or another Modern Horizons uh, next summer. And it could easily be Pioneer Masters. Uh, although I'm still not convinced that they that that format needs that access to those cards yet, um, it's just a big question mark. Yeah, there there are what I, what I can say is they've done it as a secret layer, so that's probably safe. We we might not get a Modern Horizons product next year. Uh, they might they might not. I put it at fifty fifty. So far, it's been every two years, and next summer would count, but we'll see. If, if they don't give us the fetches there, and there are actually a bunch of cycles that are in need of a, of a printing and have never had a special printing that also see play in modern. Um, I really just think it comes down to that. This needs to dodge a reprint while you're holding. So get in now, get in in three months, somewhere in that window, and then you're just crossing your fingers, hoping that Wizards leaves it alone for three years and... And then for sure, you're going to end up with 40 to $50 tarns and you're going to make 50% after fees and shipping. I mean, I'm looking at the graph, the lifetime graph of Scalding Tarn, and three times in its life, it's hit $100 or, or very close to. And it's gone down to 50 multiple times. And uh, now it's at its lowest point since original ass Zendikar. <laughs> So like, I mean, this is this is the the most basic idea is that you take a staple, and when they reprint the staple, you buy the staple, and you just wait. And and I sure don't want to hear the complaints later, when these are worth money again. That oh, you're gonna hear the complaints that they waited too long to reprint them. <laughs> when when they sat around they sat around for a year at this price. <sighs> at at least two major YouTube channels. That whose whole thing is cards are too expensive. Well, we're telling you, they are not. Like you can get a set of, of scalding tarns for a hundred bucks right now, and get plenty and, of use out of them for a long and time. And you will use them forever. Like you don't have. Do you? Do yours have to match? Cool. You can get four Zendikar scalding tarns for a little over a hundred bucks. But like you could get the Modern Horizons two basic ones, and it's going to be great. It's. It, I just feel like this is um, a good time to tell people 
to get the staples while they're cheap. You don't have to put your money anywhere fancy. Um, you and I, we tend to look back over our picks and say, like, well, where would you put your money? And, like, what... Uh, I appreciate that you said that in five years, all border foil, you have a Maya Cradle of Growth $100 card. Um, in a year, this $24 Scalding Tarn is going to be $50 probably if it dodges the reprint. And I can't imagine it gets reprinted. It, like you said, it's had the secret layer printing. So, like, this would be... The, the place where I'd put my money. I think I have, I think I have a, a spare playset of old border foils that I bought at like seventy five dollars each because I, I was thinking like, oh my god, how could this get any cheaper? Another like sixty dollars. One of the risks is that they start putting out premium commander decks where the not only is the treatment upgraded from the normal version to the premium version, but maybe the list is changed, which I think is actually an interesting direction for them to steer because commander decks are good on, well, are an okay on ramp. It's a whole separate discussion. Uh, I think they're an okay, not great on ramp for newer players. Um, but from a newer player perspective or somebody you're trying to sit down and play some commander with, it doesn't matter that they have two different versions of the list if they have slightly different names, for instance. Like you could you could have one be Fiery Dragons and the other one could be Fiery Dragons of Doom plus 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 or some silly name, right? And that that version could include upgraded lands and some staples that are missing in the other one for say double the price. And one of the things they could do there is offer up fetch lands. Just regular versions. Um and if they do stuff like that, then it's going to be the kind of thing that puts <laughs> that makes specs much more of a roulette wheel um, if it becomes commonplace. So far, they have they seem to have resisted that temptation, but who knows where we will land in a year or two as they continue to experiment with formulations. All that said, I think out of this week's stuff, Profane Tutor, Apex Devastator, Zeotaurus Proving Ground, Yavamaya Cradle of Growth, Old Border Foil, an offer you can't refuse, Promo Foil, and Scalding Tarn, I think I probably rank them Yavamaya, Scalding Tarn, Zeotaurus Proving Ground. I, no, I think I would go in terms of like, what is a, a, a more solid one to two year pick? I agree with you long-term about the Cradle of Growth, but I think that you'll have a, a quicker turnaround on Tarn and Zeotoras. But okay. uh, but we'll see. Alrighty. So, moving right along, Pioneer bans that we mentioned earlier, Winota was banned, and Expressive Iteration was banned. Uh, that makes the Ledger Shredder, um, Arclight Phoenix, Thing in the Ice, Blue-Red Prowess decks worse meant to slow them, them down a bit. You have to imagine that they were looking at data and the blue-red decks were just doing a little too well, uh, a little too efficient in their ability to curve out and apply pressure and keep that pressure on by using iteration to go find missing lands, lands or action spells to get things done. And then Winota is just a very, very good creature combo deck. Um, I... From what I saw of the format, I'm not convinced it had to go, but then again, I didn't think Luris had to go. People that play the format regularly seem fine with it leaving, so power to them. People seemed a little mystified that they didn't uh, include Lotus Field 
in the mix, but I suspect it's because when they looked at stats, Lotus Field is the kind of deck that doesn't appeal to as many people. I think like Winota was kind of like the jund of that format where a lot of people gravitated towards the deck, whereas Lotus Field might be more like a living end. Where I think that the, the deck has had various phases of being quite good, but you, you, you just never see it be 50% of the field at an FNM on Friday night. I think one of the problems with Winona, too, is that um, it really puts a cap on how good future humans can be. Because you can't have... So uh, we went from Agent of Treachery to the um, Everything Has uh, Double the Damage Pirate, whose name escapes me, the like seven drop human pirate. And then uh, versions were using the Blade Historians, so everything gets double strike. Or uh, the most recent ones were using the Tovalar's Huntmaster, the um, yeah, the Green Grave Titan. So you and the the way that the Grave Titan scales with more Winona attacks if they're not immediately dead, like and they're indestructible. Like the cards that cut that pop out aren't just tapped and attacking; they are tapped, attacking, and into fucking structable. Like you can't... once upon a time, there weren't enough good humans for Winona to be any kind of threat. In in any format, but yeah, and times Winona have doesn't even have to be attacking. You do like uh, whatever stuff you want to do. It's when a non-human, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just like this is a a mistake of a card, honestly, and um, it does require some very specific deck restrictions. But as we've seen with companions, sometimes the restrictions are not restrictive enough, and this is. Probably for the best. I mean, they, they banned Agent of Treachery because that was too good to exist with Winona, Winota. But now they're just saying, okay, Winona, Winota, you have to get out. So that deck is and, pretty much done because it's a build around on Winota. The, so it really benefits the black-red mid-range decks, you know, with Croxes and such. Uh, it benefits Lotus Field, like we said. It benefits Mono Green because uh, Nykthos is a very busted magic card. Um, if you have time to get the pips on the board and feels like uh, Mono Green always gets more tools that help it refine its strategy uh, in that particular at that power level where they can be mostly certain to not be dead by turn 3 or 4 and they can really set up shop so we'll see check back in with Pioneer next week and see how things have uh, evolved post the bans now, the other thing that you and I ended up spending some time working on this past weekend was oh. decoding the the <laughs> which drop slots <laughs> in Commander Legends 2 products you could find the foil extended art mythics that are supposedly Commander deck exclusives. So, for the confused, let me say this another way. In the Commander decks that are being put out alongside Commander Legends 2, there are 10 exclusive cards per deck. That's correct, right? Yeah, I think that's correct. 10 10 per deck, which are first-time appearances in those decks. Those are the regular versions of the cards. Plus the the face foil general and lieutenants, I'm assuming. And some of those cards uh, were presumed to show up in the foil non-foil and foil mythic rare slots in collector boosters for commander legends 2 because in a lot of collector boosters over the last year or so 
that's what's happened. You know, if there was a, you know, something like a, a Kappa Cannoneer or whatever out of Neon Dynasty, the extended art version, non-foil, showed up in the Neon Dynasty collector boosters. And if you wanted the regular version, you could get it out of the commander decks. And it, to be clear, there was a slot expressly for that. And we have that still. There is a slot in the collector booster, which is only non-foil, extended art, commander, rares, and mythics. That hasn't changed. But in the slot that could contain foil, extended art, mythics, we assumed, uh, based on a paragraph that Watsi had put out, that there was going to be an opportunity to pull those out of Commander Legends to collector boosters. Turns out that is not true. The, the way that they uh, expressed this in one of their articles, which I'm sure most players did not read, was that the new cards from the, from the Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate Commander decks also appear in Extended Art. There are 27 such rares and 12 Mythic Rares. Each Mythic Rare is available in both traditional foil and non-foil in Collector Boosters and Collector Booster Sample Packs. Extended Art Rares are available only in non-foil and Collector Boosters. So there are foils of these Mythics in the CBs, but not foil extended arts. And the, the card that jumped out at me as being most relevant here is probably Bayloth, the uh, mythic attack twice uh, legend that we talked about last week. Bayloth, Baratil, Entertainer, that says is a mythic. Creatures your opponents control with power less than Bayloth, Baratil's power are goaded. Whenever a goaded attacking or blocking creature dies, you create a treasure token, and he can have a background. So he's a fun com- build around commander. He's also pretty good in the 99. Uh, and then there's also a, uh, a couple of backgrounds that are mythic rarity, including the, the white one whose name escapes me, but allows you to draw cards whenever uh, creatures that share a tribe with your commander, I believe, come into play, if I'm not mistaken. Um. And these are the kind of cards that we thought would exist in Foil Extended Art Mythic. But we started talking to some vendors, and they were doing mass cracking operations over in Europe, and they weren't finding any. And we had a vendor in here in Toronto, Canada say the same thing, that, and, and they conferred with some of their peers locally, and they all came to the same conclusion. These don't exist in collector boosters. Where they exist is in the promo packs the two-card collector booster sampler packs, which for the first time ever are placed inside the commander decks themselves. So if you want to get a foil extended art Bayloth Baratil, the only place you can find it is in those two-card sampler packs. That is a lot to keep track of. Oh yeah, and even if you heard us say all this, you're going to forget it in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but th- the bottom line is none of the mass cracking operations can fuel, can feed foil extended art bayloths into the system. So there are only five listings for bayloth. And one of the biggest cracking operations in the game on TCG player legit MPG with 50,000 plus sales only has 11 copies posted at $67 a piece. And we're heading into opening weekend. So even if this expands from five listings to 25 listings this weekend, I bet you 
very few of these exist by comparison to what would have been true had they been in the collector boosters. And so, if you think you can, you have your eye on one of these, uh, the fanciest version of one of these cards, and you think it's going to be a big deal, if you think Bayloth's going to be in high demand for years to come, you might want to watch for somebody to post one at, say, $43 or something this weekend, snap it off, and hope you can double it to 80 and get out kind of like the Gilded Foils. Because I, I suspect that overall these are kind of about that rare. We got to run some math to to guarantee that, but I I think it's in the in the in the range. It's summer vacation. You're making me do homework. You sadistic jerk. Um, we don't we weren't given enough of the formulation, at least off the top of my head, uh, the formulation for the two card packs. So I don't want to get into like the specific numbers, but it's fair to say these are going to be uh, pretty rare pulls. Um, like the like for the the rarest thing in the com- collector boosters is the uh, either foil version of the ancient dragons. Uh, those are one every three ninety two, um, depending on whether you're talking the borderless or the showcase art. Which um, that would that would irritate me to no end if I pulled the showcase art with the monster manual instead of the. Uh, incredibly sweet borderless version for those like there's there's no contest in my mind but that's a a different topic um i want to point out that we don't have rares at foil extended art correct no no the rares do exist in the extended art slot is my interpretation uh, Cultist of the Absolute, for instance, uh, you can get an etched version, but there is no extended art. What's another rare from... Uh, mm, Cultist of the Absolute is not one of the exclusive cards, because I pulled one in my pre-release kit. Okay. Uh, not Archivist of Ogma, that's in the main set, but the Gnome? Deep Gnome Terramancer. How about that one? Yeah, because TCG Player only has these listed as normal extended arts, no foils. Right. So we're only talking the Mythics, the 12 uh, Commander deck Mythics available in foil extended art. We haven't seen any rare foil extended arts from the Commander sets yet, correct? Correct. Okay, that's what I wanted to be sure of. Because uh, a bunch of the dragons that I need for my Ur-Dragon deck are rares. And uh, I wanted to make sure of what was available to me before I started laying out a bunch of money. Yeah, because if Terramancer was available as a foil extended art in those two card packs, we would expect to see foils listed somewhere, and I don't see them. So I think I think the, the rares show up as extended arts in the collector boosters. Foil regulars of Bayloth exist in the collector boosters. But foil extended arts only exist in the promo packs. Okay. okay. And I and I think that means there's also uh, extended arts of Bayloth that are non-foil. Yes, there are extended art non-foil for all the rares and mythics in that one special slot in a collector booster. 
they they might be in they might be in those packs, but there's a, a dedicated slot in the booster too. <laughs> Extended art rares are definitely only available in non-foil in collector boosters. Yes. The mythic rares are available in both traditional foil and non-foil in collector boosters. And in and collector booster sampler packs, I believe they are foil extended art and possibly extended art. I'll have to double check that one. But I'm pretty sure okay. that's how it goes. But it, it just bums me out that I have no access to a foil version of Astral Dragon, for instance. Like, want want. No, you can't. So a rare from the uh, the commander set, so Yeah, like like not... same deal as the gnome. Extended art exists, but no foil extended art. Yep, yep, yep. So the, and you can tell because like there's 40, 41 copies of the extended art Astral Dragon in the lowest listing at $11 a piece. Yep. So those are coming out of mass. And there's a whole bunch of like 10 plus copies that's coming out of mass cracking of yep. collector boosters in advance of this weekend. So if you have any follow-up questions from that confusing conversation, feel free to post them in the Discord if you're a pro trader or throw us a note on Twitter and you can yell us at, yell at us there that we made that as clear as mud. <laughs> I would uh, also advocate for folks to stop by uh, the mtgprice.com and read my article that went up Friday. Um, it is uh, free for all to read now about the exact math and how we arrive at some of the numbers that we use. Alrighty. Uh, I guess that's a wrap for this week. Cliff, where can people find you? Well, uh, as you mentioned, I'm on Twitter at Word of Commander. I also have a weekly article every Friday on mtgprice.com. You can find me on Twitter at mtgcritic, as well as via my occasional articles on mtgprice.com. Also like to remind our listeners to check out the mtgprice.com Pro Trader service for just $9.99 a month or $109.99 per year. You can get early access to this podcast, fantastic articles by the best MTG finance minds in the business, low-cost group buys, and a super active Discord forum that will drive better returns and save you money playing Magic the Gathering. Once again, MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff Inc., where you can find all sorts of cool nerdy stuff in stock, including all the best in Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Please use the promo code FINANCE5, that's FINANCE with the number 5, during checkout at CoolStuffInc.com to save 5% off your order and support this podcast. Oh my gosh, do I hate talking about math, James, but I'm glad we could work that out this week. Thank you, Cliff, and we'll see all of you next week on another episode of MTG Fast Finance. <laughs>